Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. See this, this is Soren right here. Uh, you can give it up for Soren Nash right here. He's been here pretty much every week, except when he left me to go to Paraguay. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's, he's vital to what we do. Uh, also, too, just um, it's crazy. It's almost been a year. Like, that's crazy to me. Um, when you, uh, whenever you do plan a church, because all of you will probably sometime in your life, but whenever you do start something new, you don't know what it's going to be like. And uh, it's, I'm just super thankful for, uh, for all of you. And I'm super thankful that we get to do this together. If you're, if you're new here, we're glad you're here. Uh, but it's been, a fun, it's been a fun ride this year. I mean, everyone that talks to me about planting in the middle of COVID, they're like, you're, that's a stupid time to do this. And it has been, but it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, just super grateful for you all. And I, I, I just want to challenge you too as, as your pastor that like we want to be an inviting culture. Like we want to, uh, we want to invite people who are far from God. And so w- over, the, over the next few weeks, uh, w- this is my challenge to you. If, you. if you'd say, hey, I'm a part of Mission City, like, hey, this is my church. This is where I. This is this is who I'm. This I'm a part of this community. Uh, the the challenge for you is for you to think of one to three people to invite to be a part of our community, and hopefully, they're also far from God, or they're looking, or they're they're interested in having spiritual conversations, uh, but they might not follow Jesus yet. And so, again, one to three people. We're, we're, even our team might. Uh, is, it will probably reach out to you if we. Uh, view you as, uh, as, as someone that's a part of Mission City, which all of you that are here, we view that, unless you're new, and again, you're like, you guys are weird, you've called me out three different times, but again, so uh, we, we, we just want to be an inviting culture, uh, and w- we also want to grow, too, as a church. Uh, COVID's had limitations to that, but um, r- frankly, the, the best way for a church to grow is for the people to invite their, 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 their lost friends, and, uh, and so we want to, we want to do that, uh, and also that's, that goes into just sharing who Jesus is. All right, that's not what we're talking about today. We're in Genesis chapter 2, so if you have your Bibles, you can pull that up. It's not too far if you don't know where that is. Genesis, first book of the Bible. Also, we have uh, these Bible journals that if you want to take one with you, they're free. Uh, if, if we've run out, I'll buy some new ones for this week, and we'll have them depending on how shipping goes, uh, either this week or next as well. But uh, last week, we were looking at the book of Genesis, and we looked at Genesis chapter 1, and really, I mean, j- just to give you the quick summary of it, there's two things that we kind of camped out at. One is, the Genesis chapter 1 ultimately is about this, is that, that the God of Israel, uh, the, which I would say is the one true God, God created the, the heavens and the earth. God created the universe, is what God did. And he commissioned human beings as his image bearers, to fill and subdue the earth to be, and to be fruitful and to multiply. And, and so God has given, uh, some, some theologians call it this, that human, human beings have given the responsibility as image bearers to rule and reign over God's good earth. That's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool thing, right? If, 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 like my daughter, uh, uh, when we ask her what she wants to be when she grows up, she says, well, I want to be a princess, of course, uh, which is awesome, but there's not a lot of, you know, 
uh, princes and kings in the, uh, in the whole U.S., uh, so you might have to go to Europe, which that's sad. Uh, don't move, move away from me, please. Uh, my, and she's five, by the way. Um, and then also, too, but, but the cool thing is, but like this is, like you almost get this, like, there's a royalness to it. Like God has given us this responsibility that is almost regal in a sense. But he is creator. And so what is Genesis chapter 2 about? Well, Genesis chapter 2 is a different narrative of the same creation. Some people say they're two different accounts. Some people say they're two different kind of ideas. I think these two things need to be closely related. One is, uh, one I think focuses on how big and how great God is when he creates uh, the world in Genesis 1, like he does it by speaking and that's amazing, right? And he does it and, and it's like God is just so big and so powerful and so strong and then Genesis chapter 2 is almost like the closeness of God, like you get, you almost, you almost, like you, it's, there's like some more feeling into it. It's, 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 it's quite amazing and we'll look at it right now. And so it starts in Genesis 2-4, it says, uh, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth. And they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And so uh, this should remind you of Genesis chapter 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He says, uh, in 2, he says, and this is the day that God made the earth and the heavens. Again, these closely related things. Uh, Just a a little Bible fact that I I think is important. Uh, If you look, it's not on the screen because the way it copy and paste from the internet does not work, but... Um, the, when you see Lord God right there, so in most Bibles, it should be actually in all Bibles, that Lord will be in all caps. Uh, and so that's to signify like God's actual name. So we have one word for God in English, it's God. Uh, that's super profound. Um, but, um, but this is actually God's name. And so Jewish people won't even say this name. If you, if you look at it in Hebrew, it's, it's Yahweh is what it is. And so when you see that capital L-O-R-D, and so Christians are honoring the name of the Lord by not putting Yahweh every time they see it. But really, like it actually says, Yahweh God made the earth and the sky. That's why I say the God of Israel is the creator of the universe. It's not some random God that we can't know. It's a specific God who we find in the pages of the scriptures. And so Yahweh is the, I mean, even better said, Yahweh God is the creator of the universe as well. And then we see he, he creates human beings in, in verse 5. He says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. For, again, the Lord, or Yahweh God, had not caused it to rain on the land. There was no man to work the ground. So he's, he's, he's again, he's describing, hey, like the, the, the land hadn't been prepa- prepared yet. Um, even, even this phrase of, uh, and the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, some people, uh, actually, there's a camp that thinks, like, so it doesn't rain. I, I've even heard it doesn't rain until the flood, and I don't know about that. Other people think that this is a time marker to say, hey, this was actually before the flood, uh, just in the context of it as well. And then he says, and a mist was going up from the land and was, is watering the whole face of the ground. And I love this. L- like, listen, imagine this happening. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground. And what does he do? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Isn't that amazing? 
Like you almost, like, again, this is why, like, in, in Genesis 1, like, God speaks, and there's, there's man and there's woman, right? And here, it's almost like a potter who is, is forming the clay, intentional with the dirt of the ground, forming, forming this human being. And then this, this, this amazing, like, he, he, he's crafted them in a certain way, and then he breathes his life into them as well. And, uh, and, and there isn't any doubt that God has created human beings in the image of God that gives us a sense of uh, value and it gives us responsibility for his world. But, but also in Genesis 2, is, is, is they're saying that human beings are humans. They are not divine. And, and that's a contrast in, in some context to other, uh, other creation stories of the day. There was other, other communities, other, other nations that would have said like their leader or their king would have been a god. And so th- that this human being was a divine, like kind of in, in, uh, th- that could achieve divineness. But this is, no, no, no. Like you came from dirt, bro. You're a human. And you have honor and you have, you have a place, but you are not divine. And... Uh, I don't know why I always think of the song uh, by the Killers. Are are you human, human or are you dancers? Uh, that I don't know why, but every when I was writing this, I was like, "This is what comes to mind." Except, are you human or are you divine? No, you're human, okay. And I'm not a dancer, so I don't understand that song at all. But that's that has that's neither here nor there, right? But 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 no, we, like we are created, and and it's amazing. And I love this that God breathed His breath inside of us. You ever? Like, you, do you realize that you breathe? While, well, some of us don't if we, like, have sleep apnea, but, like, you breathe when you sleep. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't do anything to control it. Does that ever freak you out? Like, or, or have you ever just, like, noticed, like, that you haven't been controlling your breath for a period of time, and then you're like, wait, I need to take another breath because, like, I, I need to make sure I'm getting enough of this oxygen. This is good stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's crazy that, that our lungs, they just work. And I'm, I know there's science behind it, and I'm, I'm not the one to talk to about that. But they, they do. They breathe. And so, some people are like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Why are you talking right now? I don't know. God said to plant this thing we're doing. All right. So, but, but this, this imagery of, like, God breathing into us, he's, 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 he's taking us and giving us life. And it's amazing. This word that is for breath is the word ruah in uh, Hebrew. And it is, it's, it's, it's. It's the same word that is for spirit as well. So the spirit of the Lord, the ruah of the Lord uh, is thing. So it's almost like God, not, not that he puts his spirit inside of us, but he, he puts his breath inside of us and he gives us life. He is the sustainer. He is the creator. He has made us. Like these things, these things should cause us to want to worship him and give him credit and honor for the things that he's done. Like he has molded you. He shaped you uh, to be who you are. And I know, like, there's, an, uh, there's a lot of self-doubt uh, in our society today. There's a lot of anxiety in, uh, in, in, our, in our life today. But, like, God has made you, uniquely you, for a purpose and for a reason. And it's good. And it's good. And he wants to use you, and he's placed you in your circumstance for a reason. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's good. And so he's created uh, man, and then and, and this, and this it's kind of, the order's a little bit different, but so he's created man, and now he's going to create this garden for them. Uh, so God creates a garden in Eden. This is more of a Bible nerd, like, I got this answer right, but we call it the Garden of Eden, and it's actually a garden in Eden. I don't care, it's just more fun to know. So, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. So on the east side of Eden, we got, we got this garden, 
Sweet. Let's go. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And so he, in this garden he plants these fruit-filled, food-filled trees for a man to eat. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the word Eden, uh, it, it means delight. And so this idea, God planted a delightful garden for his creation. Isn't that awesome? Like he, he created this amazing garden and he provided for him. He, he had food for him and it was so good. And in the middle of it, there was a tree of life. And we'll talk about this tree a little bit more next week. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, I got lucky, Jake. I'm talking about all the fun stuff. And next week you get to talk about the fall. It's like, God, oh, it's so good. I planned it that way. So it's good. And then, uh, I, I'm not, uh, this won't be on the screen, but then it, it actually describes um, four rivers. And two of them we know exactly where they are. The other two, the, 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 two fir the first two, uh, and you can look at Genesis 2 later, we, we have an, uh, somewhat of an idea, but we don't know exactly where they were. But these were the boundaries of kind of either the promised land or also kind of the, the Eden area as well. Um, but, but, but it's interesting, as they describe those rivers, what it, if you look in the text, it'll say uh, that he describes gold and onyx. Like he describes these, like why are you talking about river being boundaries? And then you're going to bring up these precious metals. And, uh, and it's, because, um, it's because there is a connection, and the Bible is full of hyperlinks. And if you want to geek out on this, you can go way down some rabbit holes that are quite incredible. And if you don't care, that's fine too. Um, but but the, 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 the garden, the Eden experience is closely related to and is a theme of a couple of things. It's a theme of the tabernacle, uh, which is this tent that the people of Israel used to set up. It was a place of worship um, when they were in the wilderness, and they'd have to build it and tear it up. But in that was the place where God would, his presence would come down into the Holy of Holies and be with the people or with, with the priest right there. And then also the temple as well. And this, this, was, this was this place on earth where literally heaven met earth and God's presence was residing and people would come and would glorify God. And if you look at the descriptions of the tabernacle and more specifically the temple, it talks about all of the ornate gold and all of the, the precious jewels that are used to describe it. And so even here, this is like just a subtle hyperlink to saying like, this place is a picture of where heaven has met earth. And there'll be other pictures like it along the way. And God uh, shows his glory in this place. And then he puts beautiful things in it so that you won't worship the beautiful things, but you'll worship him as well. Which, and when we see these amazing things, like when you see, like, you ever been to a beautiful garden before? Like, it's delightful. And, and we, as, we have a choice. We can either choose to worship the creation or we can, we can worship the creator when we see these things. And so God, uh, now he's created this garden, now he's, he's put man in the garden, and, um, and if, if Eden is like this temple or this tabernacle, uh, what do good relations, <laughs> I jokingly say, what do good religious spaces have? Uh, well, in, in idol worship, they have idols. And so instead, God puts his images, his idols, little idols, us, into creation, which is crazy. We're image bearers of God, that's what an idol does, it's a, it bears the image of something else. 
but he puts human beings, his image bearers, into the garden, living, breathing, not some inanimate, inanimate gold statue, but a living, breathing human being. And so in Genesis chapter 1, again, you get this command that human beings are called to uh, fill and subdue the earth to like to squeeze out the every little drop of toothpaste we can from creation to harness the potential of it to make things good and to be creative as God is creator as well and i 'll say this like I think I think we have been preached at least in my experience your experience might be different. My experience has been that I, I I when I think about human beings I think about when we're created I start again on Genesis chapter 3. I don't think about Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and I miss out on some of the commissioning that God wants to do. I start with hey we are broken, we are fallen, we are a sinner. And we are like that there's there's so much truth to that. But there is purpose that God has in creation in Genesis 1 and in Genesis 2 that we have to see so that when we, when we talk about what does restoration look like, it looks like us coming back to this, this job or this role that God has called us to uh, before the fall. And so that's what we're doing is that's what we're harping so hard on, hey, you're, you're an image bearer. Like all of you, you're image bearers of God. That's incredible. Like all of you, you've been called to be fruitful and to multiply. You've been called to have dominion over the world that God has given you. You have been called to, to, to be used by him. And, and, and then we're going to get a new idea here in Genesis chapter 2. He says, and the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden. And this is, this is the description. This is the role that he says to him. He says, to work it and to keep it. To, you're, you've been put in the garden to work it and to keep it. Other trans, you could translate it this way. You've been put in the garden to serve it and to keep it, or to serve it and to protect it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And so I, I just want to talk about what does it look like to work and keep the garden? Like there is a theology of work that exists in Genesis chapter two, like human beings are workers. Like, so the idea of being lazy, like that, they talk about that in Proverbs. You can go read that. But working, there is a good godly, there's a godliness to, to working and working hard. The irony is that in Genesis chapter three, that, that it is also one of their punishments, that, that work becomes a toil as well, whereas work in Genesis chapter two was a joy. Because where were you working? You were working in Eden. You were working in the place of delight. And it was a joy. And so, and again, to, to connect this back to, like if, if the garden is a picture of the temple or the garden is a picture of a tabernacle, who worked in those places? It was the priests. And what did they do? They served God and they protected that place. And so there's a part of us that, that, that in Genesis chapter 2 that we have been called to, to serve the world around us, to, to work in the world around us, and to protect it, uh, and, 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 and to protect it uh, fr from, from the evil that exists in the world. And, and when we do this, when we work hard, it's an act of worship. When we work hard, it becomes an act of worship. Like, do you look at your job as an opportunity for worship? Or do you look at your job as an opportunity for toil? Because it, 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 ha it has both potential now on the other side of where we are right now. 
Do you look at your job as an opportunity for worship, or do you look at your job as an opportunity for toil, for, 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 to be frustrated, to, to be angry? And let me be honest with you, all jobs, I can't say this word, uh, all jobs stink uh, to some capacity, right? Like all jobs have bad days. That's a part of being a part of the fall, right? Like there's toil in our labor. But there is something also to be said of like, I'm going to look at, again, the world that God has given me, the role that he's given me, and I'm going to do whatever I can to serve him, to worship him, to exalt him, to point people to him as well. Um, another guy actually says, there, there's another guy that translated this passage, he actually says that this should be translated. It's a, it's a long road of explaining Hebrew grammar, which I won't do. If you want to come to a lunch uh, uh, or a coffee, like not this week, but next week, to talk through some of these things. Uh, re- come find me afterwards, and we'll set up a date, and there'll be like th- probably five to ten of us, and we can talk through all of the little minutia things. But, um, but there's, but there is, there's a, there's a, there's a possibility that it, it actually isn't to work and keep. It is actually to worship and to obey. Based on just, it's just based on sim- simple grammar in Hebrew, and it's like, that, that, that's crazy if that's what it is. Like, God put human beings in the garden to worship him and to obey, to work and to keep. Like, you've been created to worship and obey him, and you can do that through the way that you protect the world that he's given you. He also, then he, he gives this command, and again, this is what we'll talk about next week. Hey, you can eat of any tree but this one tree. And it's, you might, when I was a kid, I always f- focused on like, hey, what kind of fruit you think they ate? And we're like, it's an apple. It's like, there's not an apple in the Middle East there. They're eating figs, bro. Like, chill. Like, or, it's, or it's grapes, you know I mean? Like, what kind of fruit do they eat? Who cares? I'm sorry if you care about that. No one knows. It's a fruit. The, 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 the thing of it is, is it's so, it's, why is it called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And also, why has God been describing things as good and good and good and good throughout all of creation? Because this is that God has an idea of what good and evil is about. And that he has created this good world for us and he desires for you and us to, to you, you and I to, to, to live under his rule and, the, and live under the things that he has set up and established for us. But it is so tempting, and Lord, I know it, I know you all know it, it is so tempting to say, to grab that fruit and say, hey, like to, to grab this and say, hey, like, like I have a better idea of what is good and evil than you do, Lord. I have a better idea of what is right and wrong than you do, Lord. And we take the fruit and we, we eat of it. And, and frankly, we, it says you, you will surely die. Like there's death in relationship. There's death and, and chaos that comes into the world. So, so we, we see this different understanding in Genesis chapter 2 of like not only are you image bearers, but you've been called to work or to worship uh, in your work uh, as you protect and serve the world around you. And then he introduces man and woman into this text. And I was joking earlier about how like I just... the. Genesis is incredibly controversial, uh, and you could literally spend tons of time on so many different things, but we're looking now at the creation of man and woman. In Genesis 1, they're both created at the same time. Uh, Here we see a a little bit of a distinction, so let's take a look at this. It says, then the Lord God said, listen to this, he says, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. It's the first time he says something's not good. So being alone is not good. And uh, uh, shameless plug for community groups, but hey, you're, you were made to be 
in relationship with people. If you don't have relationship with people, like you need to be a part of this community or find a community group or find a group of people that you can be with because we need people. Take a baby and don't hold it for a, a period of time or, or less contact, as, as little contact as you can. The developmental delays that will happen because of the lack of contact from that kid is crazy. Like we, are, we need people as well. He says, I'll make a, a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he, what he would call them. And whatever the man calls, called every living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds and the heavens and beasts of the field, but there was not a helper for Adam. Now, <laughs> wouldn't it be awesome just to be able to name everything, by the way? Like, didn't, didn't we mess up some names? Is there any animals you look at and you go, that's not that name. That, that can't be that name, right? Just me? Okay, cool. All right, so, all right, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, uh, took one of his ribs and, and closed it up with flesh, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into woman and brought her to the man. And look at, listen to his reaction. It's amazing. This, this, I say this at every wedding that I do. He says this. He says, this at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall, they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. So um, I don't know, um, I don't know, again, what your church experience is. I just can tell you that there's, there are two major camps in, um, in the understanding of this story of what this word kind of helper means for, 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 for men and women. Anyone ever have a, hear, hear a sermon talking about what it means for the helper? Anyone ever hear that before? Yes, no, a few of us. So, um, and, and really there's two major views, although there should be probably more, but in, in church world, and there's more, but in church world there's something called a complementarian view, and there's something called an egalitarian view. So a complementarian view is, is more of like a higher, hierarchy of a view, but basically that there's a, uh, you know, God, then Jesus, then man, then woman. So, and there's submission that happens along the way. Egalitarian is, is more of a, it's, is what it is. What is what, what's the root word of egalitarian? Equal, yeah, equal. So there's an equalness to men and women. Now, I personally don't like uh, either of these words, um, or either of these ideas. I think they're, they have they have decent understanding in them, but these are like the two bigger ideas. I, th- I think egalitarian, um, the issue is that I, though I do think men and women are equal, I do think y- they almost like, they almost can be interchangeable. And so you don't get like the nuanced differences of men and women that I think are so important. Uh, and then in this one, on, on the complementarian side, I think that... Um, Though I do think there are there is authority and hierarchy in some capacity as well, I think sometimes this can push women down to a place where we've probably been over the last, well, maybe forever, um, and it, it might not be good. So, so there's a there's a person I like. She, uh, she actually calls it a, a mutualist. Uh, like there's this mutualness. But but let's just look at what what this is. Let's let's look at the picture of what it is. Actually, Matthew Henry has this incredible quote talking about, like, what is this word helper? Is, is, is helper, like, a lesser than version of the man? I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you flat out, no. I don't think it is. Now, some people will say it is. It's, oh, you're just a, you're just a little helper, you know? 
And it's like, I just don't, th- I don't think that's what this is saying. I mean, look, listen to Matthew Henry's words. Old commentary you can find for free. Stuff's pretty good, but this is an incredible quote from him. He says, not made out of his head to top him, so not above him, not out of his feet to be trampled upon him, but where was uh, Eve or, or the woman taken from? Where? His rib, which is on what? His side. But out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. Like, that is incredible. That is incredible. Because, and by the way, play, like where he took that has meaning. That has meaning uh, in, for, for that context. Like, if it was out of the head, that would be saying something. It was, it was from his, his the, the woman wasn't created out of his pinky toe. He was created out of his side. And so also, um, so, so uh, this is to call a co-equal worker, like to, 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 to work in the garden with him, to work alongside of him, to be an image bearer with him as well. Also, this word helper, in, in, in the text, for the most part, not always, sometimes it's like a helper of a king, so there it is subservi- subservient, but, um, but, but also most of the time this word helper is used to describe who in the scriptures? God. Like people crying out for help that God is their helper. And do we think that God is lesser than, a, than anything else? No. In the New Testament, the, the Holy Spirit's described as a helper. And so, um, again, if, 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 uh, if what I'm saying bothers you, I'd love to have a conversation with you. But, but I think that there, there's a beauty in this that, that, that like men and women are to walk alongside of each other as co-laborers. And like helper, like it's it's not as a weakness, but is 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 coming in with her strength because men and women are different, as well. And uh, and and the hierarchy stuff that there's there's different stuff about that that's later in in the scriptures. We'll talk about that whenever we cover those passages. But like, look at what he says to her. Like he's so excited. He freaking had to name all the dang animals. There's a lot of animals. You know what I mean? And you're like, where's mine? Where's, I mean, like, where's one for me? Like, they're pairing off, and they're pairing off. Like, I, there's no one suitable for me. And it's like, oh, my goodness. And he says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That's incredible. That's like, that's like, uh, like for us, like, we don't think about flesh and bone as, like, connection points. Like, hey, uh, like, uh, never mind. Uh, incomplete thought. But, um, we don't, we don't think about that. We, we think about like blood relatives, like we're connected by blood or blood brothers. You ever do blood, bro- like you cut, this is disgusting. You know what I'm talking about though? Like where you like cut your hand and you like put, like rub it together with a friend? That's disgusting. You can't, do it. oh my gosh, that's so gross. Anyway, but, but th- that's how we think about it, right? Like we think about blood, being blood brothers, blood sisters, or like we're related by blood. Uh, for them, it would have been flesh and bone. Like, you're, you're bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Like, you are like me. Like, that's, that's him saying, like, I love, like, I love her. I want, I want to be with her as well. And she's going to help him tackle the world. Uh, also, this is uh, the passage that is, is, is for basically or God-ordaining marriage as well, that the two will become one, uh, and the man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one. And then they were, it says they were naked and unashamed as well. 
And the interesting thing is, um, it'll say later they were naked and ashamed, and it's 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 not like oh we're like well we're naked. It's like a commune. It's weird like that. It's 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 like they they haven't felt the judgment of God yet, or or or, or the anger or the the shame that comes from missing the mark, and they're about to. Uh, so they're free. They're able to be with one another as well. And so those are the two, those are the two major. Uh, creation stories. There's other times in the scriptures that will actually point back to this, but these two, these two books matter, or these two chapters matter so much, uh, because again, the first few pages of our book, it's trying to describe and, and set up paradigms and set up, like, how does God's good world operate? And, and just a few follow-up questions. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. But, like, do you believe that the God of Israel is truly, like, the God who created the universe? The God, or if differently said differently, like, do you believe that, that the God of the Bible or the scriptures that we just talked about and read is like, is he your God? Are you f- trying to follow him or are you trying to pursue him? And then as, as, as a human being who is, has, is fallen, who is broken, who is sinful, like, do you realize the commission or people use this word vocation that you have as an image bearer of God to work and keep his world, to fill and subdue it, to harness the potential, to be fruitful and multiply, to be creative. And when you do that, that will point people back to Jesus. I was reading Matthew 5 this morning and that, that, that he was talking after, you know, you're a city on the hill, you're the, like you're the salt of the earth. Uh, and, and we do this like that people will see your good works and do what? Worship your heavenly Father. And so, like, you have a role, you have a responsibility in this world. You're, uh, I, I'm, there's the echo of Sam, who is, uh, or n- not Sam, uh, uh, one of the, the little hobbits that I don't marry, or Pippin, who's talking to the tree. You, you know, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, anyone else? And he's, he's like, he's yelling at them. And this is in the movie, it might be in the books, I don't know. But he's like, you're a part of this world. Like, you have to do something. And, like, you are a part of God's world. You get to participate in this. And it's not just waiting for Jesus to come back, or it's not just waiting to retire and to play golf. It's like we have a responsibility as God's image bearers, as his followers, to do something about it. And so let's do it. Let's figure out a way to do it. And so uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll take communion together. So Lord Jesus, thank you so much for today, and thank you for creating us, God. God, right now I worship you because you are creator that you've made us and you have purpose for us. And we praise you for that, God. May, we, may you give us vision and clear ideas about what to do. And God, uh, may, you, may you lead us throughout the rest of this, this service. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission State Church podcast. Mission State Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have two community groups that meet every other Tuesday and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.